Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Meet My Mess podcast with me, your host, Carissa Harrison, the podcast where we talk about the messiest parts of life. I hope you're having the best Thursday. I don't want to waste too much time giving myself a weekly intro. Usually I do a weekly update, but this week we're going to dive right into things because we have a really, really exciting guest on. I'm super excited to have her here. She is a mindset and, oh, my mic's falling, relationship coach, an entrepreneur, and the host of the Mindful Babes podcast. We have Valerie Adams, aka the Mindful Babe. <laughs> Shit's about to get messy. Real messy. Oh, you want my number? Oh no, sorry, I'm gonna give it out to strangers. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to my podcast though. What's it called? Me, my mess. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm super excited to hear about everything you have to say about mindset and relationship and all that. I definitely have some trust issues. So what you do is so interesting to me because I don't, I don't know anything about dating and all that. I'm honestly awful at it. So how did you get into mindset and relationship coaching? Yeah. So if you would have told me like even five years ago that this is what I would be doing, it, it just, I'm like, what? <laughs> and I definitely didn't go to college for this. Okay. Um, really what happened was, and this is kind of the theme of your podcast, dating was my mess. Men was a mess for me. Yeah. I, for over 10 years, just was really attracting emotionally avoidant, emotionally unavailable men. Um, I would go after men who, you know, were center of attention. So if it was in school, it's like I would be really drawn to the class clown or yeah. in college. It was like I was really drawn to the popular guy, the one everyone wanted. And if I could look back, I think it was from, you know, childhood, my dad being a workaholic and it being really tough to get his attention if I wasn't bringing home a good grade or playing a sport or something like that. So I almost created a belief that you know, I have to do something really great and be impressing a man at all times to be worthy of a relationship. And so I really lived that out with the partners I chose. Every relationship I was in, I would feel really anxious. I would be in really casual situations where the guy would be like, yeah, let's, you know, let's not um, take it further or, you know, let's not put a label on it. I don't want to ruin what we have. And so I just never felt safe, never felt secure in relationships. And so for a very long time, I thought, which I was single in my later 20s for three years. And that was at the age where everyone, all my friends were getting married. It was like baby showers, weddings. And I got to this place where I was like, is something wrong with me? Why is this not working for me? And so before I really decided that I needed support outside of myself, I thought, oh, well, let me just start working out more and really tone my body. And then that will be it. You know, let me get lash extensions because I know guys like that. Let me make sure I'm wearing the best outfits when I'm out. And I really thought that I had to do something in order to be worthy. But really what it was was that I, I needed someone to support me and show me my blind spots and a lot of healing. I know we, you, you had said earlier, just a lot of 
like trust stuff because I really didn't believe that men actually would want a relationship because I had never really had a positive experience in that. So after I received support, went through a complete transformation, you know, did a ton of emotional intelligence work. I just felt so passionate about helping women. And when I first started my business in 2018, it was really focused on mindset coaching, just kind of in general. And then I just really have a soft spot for women who are single and they're, you know, I, I just really can't, I can't stand seeing women settle. I can't stand seeing women think there's something wrong with them when they've chosen someone emotionally avoidant. And so, yeah, it just all, it all kind of happened. And I just started taking on clients who really wanted to attract their dream partner. And it's really not about men or the dream partner, even it's all about you. So that's kind of the, the full picture of how I got into this. That's so interesting, I think, because I really liked what you said there about you choosing emotionally un- like unavailable partners and things like that and choosing partners that are going to, at the end of the day, maybe start out as what you think your dream person is and uh, later turn out to not be that. So I think that's really interesting. And how do you feel like you can like maybe switch that mindset? Because I know especially like most of my audience is in like their mid to early 20s, I think. So I think that that is something I know a lot of my friends and even myself personally are really guilty of is just choosing the wrong partner. So how do you even begin to choose the right partner, you know? Yeah. So here's here's the way that I look at it is whatever we attract is a reflection of what's going on inside. So when I was attracting these emotionally unavailable people, these people who kept me at an arm's distance, these people who had a wall up, it's like, where was I having a wall up within myself? Where was I emotionally unavailable to myself? Where did I not, you know, where was I keeping myself at an arm's distance? And so that's really what I would say if you are attracting situations and it's like, it bleeds into every area of our life. So if you don't feel like you're worthy of a great partner, it's like, where else in your life are you saying you're not worthy? And how is that showing up? So just really look, taking, having a moment of awareness of like, okay, that's so interesting. The same guy keeps showing up for me. And it's like, he doesn't want to commit to me. So where am I not committing to myself? Where am I not showing up for myself? So that's a really great place to start. And then I would say getting really clear on what you do actually want. So it is a really beautiful thing when we have such the opposite of what we want. And then at that place, our only choice is to look at, okay, so here's what's happening. I don't like it. So what do I actually want? And really going from there. Yeah, I really, I really like that. It definitely takes some time to figure out what you don't want to figure out what you do want at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. I love that. And you have a boyfriend now. Yes. Yeah. So my boyfriend and I, we've been together for about two years and we would not have even been a fit for each other had I not done this work on myself. He wouldn't have been even you know, available for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think he would have been interested in me and it's not that I'm not good enough or yeah. anything like that. It's just the level of maturity our relationship has. And the fact that, you know, he wanted to commit after just two, three months. And I was mm-hmm. really clear about my boundaries and standards and shared yeah. that with him. And I wouldn't have been at a place to do that. That's before. so interesting. Yeah, no, I think that that is something that we definitely, I think there's this big kind of idea right now that 
the right person for you will kind of just be there for you no matter what, no matter where you are, where you are mentally. So I think that's really interesting that you say that and that it took the personal work for you to get to that point. But you also, I was like doing a little research on you. Oh my gosh, the freaking yard people decided to come right now. Oh, mine were here. Yeah, ours were here earlier. I can't even Oh, it's always like the same time every week. And oh, yeah, whatever. Hopefully they'll, last time I freaked out about it and then I heard the audio and I was like, oh, you can't even hear it in the background. Yeah, I can't hear it. Okay, good. Then we're probably okay. What I was on my way, on my way to saying is I saw that you said that you can heal with a partner. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because that's like something I've personally never, I guess, believed. But now that you say it, I really want to hear why you feel that way. Because I hope that that's the case for me when I'm in my next relationship, at least. Yeah, absolutely. So the way I look at it is, you know, I'm, I personally, I'm committed to growth for life. There's not a finish line. And so there's always something to heal from. There's always things that you may think you healed from and it pops up again. And so with, with healing with a partner, it's about you're still growing and your partner's with you. So I am responsible for creating my own happiness. You know, my partner, Ryan, that's not his job. It's mine. And I'm still healing and growing through stuff from childhood, you know, from this, from that. And it's about taking responsibility because if I expected Ryan to fix it for me, then we would have a problem, but he's there to support me through my own growth. And so even if that's like conversations with him, I mean, it, it, relationships are such a mirror. And what I mean by that is like your unhealed parts are going to pop up like even more so in a relationship. So it's like, I had fears of not being good enough fears of being unworthy. I've had multiple partners who just one day they were like, I don't want to be with you anymore. So that fear still pops up with Ryan, except now I, I know how to receive the support I need from him. I know how he can comfort me. And sometimes I'll be like, okay, is this a me thing? Or is this a, does this have to do with him? And I'm like, oh no, it's because, you know, this is going on with me personally. And so here's what I'm doing. And so I let him in and I share what's going on, but I'm responsible for my own healing. And there's, I I plan to heal until the day I die. Like there's always something to grow and heal from. So Um, I want to just say that to anyone listening, you don't need to have it all figured out or be perfect. You just need to take responsibility and know that you are responsible for your growth and your healing. And if you are committed to growth for the long run, you'll also attract someone who's committed to growth for their long run as well. Yeah, I think that's really important. And when you find someone that is committed to growth, you guys will be able to grow so much easier together. I know it's been at least I've seen in my past relationships, I've seen where I am. So it's so hard when you're with someone that you're so willing to work for the relationship. And on the other end, they're just kind of letting you put in all the work and they're not meeting you halfway. So I think that's really important. And also what you said about not kind of putting your emotional baggage on your partner, they're there to support you, but they're not there to take on your problems too. And I think that's something that we forget about a lot a lot of people forget about I see in so many relationships so I really really love that idea (laughs) um so how do you know that you're ready for a relationship then if you are kind of in this place where you're 
maybe do have some trauma or do have some baggage, how can you start dating again if you're not really fully there yet? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I believe that having support is so important. I personally, I always have a coach that I'm working with right now. I'm working with a therapist. I've been on and off in therapy for since I was like 14 and I'm 31 now. So yeah, I just believe so much in having that support and really getting clear on your intention for a relationship. So for a long time, I thought I wasn't ready for a relationship, but the truth was, was I was so scared of what would happen if that person came in my life. I was so scared of not being good enough or them, you know, thinking I was one way, but I'm another way. So a lot of us are actually ready. It's like, are you open to receiving love? Like most of us are ready and it just really comes down to making sure you have some solid support set up, whether that's a coach, program, therapy, um, friends who really inspire you and really getting clear on what you want, like what feelings you want out of a relationship. So a lot of the times with a relationship, it's like, oh, I want companionship. I want safety. I want love. And you need to make sure that you give those things to yourself first Because if you believe that another person is going to bring that to you, then you're always going to be chasing something because we have the ability to generate those feelings within us at any time. So you want to make sure that you do that first. I love that. Interesting. Okay. I (laughs) I didn't know. Sorry. I was just processing it all. I, uh, I'm learning so much from you. So I'm just like taking it all in. I, I've already like done read so much of like what you have to say. So, Mm -hmm. um, one thing I saw you talk about in your program, so we're not going to like give too much away, but I saw that you talk about the masculine and feminine energy dynamic a little bit. Can you, sorry, frog in my throat. Can <laughs> you um, give maybe like a little bit of insight on like what that is, how it works? It's something that I find to be super interesting and something that my audience I think would find su- to be super interesting as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we have two, we, so there's always energy of feminine and masculine. And so we have a core kind of energy and one isn't good or bad. We need both masculine and feminine. And there's certain times for both. And so a lot of women have come to me and they've said, you know, I want an alpha male. I want a male and his masculine. And what they really mean is they want a man to lead and pursue and kind of chase them and plan things and let them know how they feel. And so that's a masculine energy because masculine energy, it's really focused on goal and, you know, intention and creating and moving forward where feminine, it's a receptive trusting energy. And so in dating, what that can look like is a woman who, you know, is trusting and she's able to kind of energetically lean back and let herself be pursued. She's letting him initiate contact. She's letting him take the lead. She's letting him say that he, you know, wants to take things forward with her. And so what happens sometimes is there can be an imbalance and it doesn't mean always be in your feminine and he's always in his masculine, but you know, men are wired to quality men, at least are wired to, you know, want to pursue, they want to, you know, 
they're goal driven. They're really driven by making you happy. They're really driven by conquering. So to a quality man, to be able to make the woman that he's interested in happy, that's like a quest for him. And what can happen, you know, if he's doing all these gestures, like he's asking her out, he's paying for dinner and he's taking the lead. Sometimes a woman can, you know, get caught up in feeling like she needs to be in her masculine too. So then suddenly she's reaching out to him. She's initiating, she's, you know, trying to pay for everything. And then it's like two people in their masculine, what ends up happening is someone has to be forced back into that kind of lean back energy. So then that's when the man can get a little more passive. So if you've ever had an experience where maybe you have dated someone or it started out where you liked someone and he was reaching out, he was texting a lot. And then you started kind of reaching out more and then it, the balance just totally, it got to like, you're the one reaching out more. It's like in the beginning he was great, but now he changed. Sometimes that's why when there's an imbalance in the energy. So this is something my clients struggle with this the most because we think, Oh, I have to like do something. I have to, you know, really show him that I'm grateful for the dinner. I need to let him know I'm interested and Trust me, it's enough just by saying yes to going on a date. That's enough. And by being really open and receptive, that's totally enough. So just to clarify, the masculine and feminine energy, that doesn't necessarily mean like the male always has the masculine energy. No, we we have both energy. energy. Yeah, Yeah. we've got both energies at all times. And it's about when to flex into different ones. So like, For example, masculine energy is needed for your job, for you creating this podcast, right? It's like you sent the link, you set up the episode, like that is, you know, masculine energy. And then the feminine energy is us just kind of flowing in here. So there's always masculine, always feminine, and it doesn't have anything to do with sex. It's all about your, your essence. So how do you know if your energy is compatible with someone? Yeah. So I mean, do you mean like if you're like feminine and masculine energy? is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, how do you know how to balance that if you're someone with masculine energy most of the time? How do you know, like, what's a good match for you? Yeah, so it just really depends on what you want in a relationship. And so, you know, a lot of times the way they show up in the beginning is an indicator of how they'll show up in a relationship. So some women genuinely are okay with taking the lead. They're okay with planning everything. They're okay with, um, you know, they're okay with like really running, kind of like being the one to keep things moving forward. For me personally, and a lot of my clients, they, they are, and you know, it's like they work really hard. Maybe they're, you know, a boss at their job or they have their own business. They're in their masculine all day because they're planning, they're making decisions. And so they desire to be able to be more so in a receptive energy when it comes to dating. So their preference is the guy, the guy taking the lead, him planning, moving things forward. So it really just depends on what you want in a relationship. Um, for me, you know, I'm in my masculine a lot just with my business. And then there's also a lot of feminine aspects to it. So I love when my boyfriend, Ryan, he can step into his masculine and be like, Hey babe, want to go out to dinner tonight? Hey babe, is there anything I can support you with before your call? And so that puts me into my feminine. So it all comes down to your preferences and just honestly really like standards for how you want to be pursued. 
Okay. I love that. That's really interesting. Cause I think that that's maybe where some people can get really confused is thinking, Oh, in my everyday life, I'm such this like go getter. I'm so someone who is like, yeah, like, like you said in their masculine energy during work and then in relationships, they crave something different, but I think that can be really confusing to people when they're so one way in majority of their life and then in this one aspect they maybe want to be something different so I think that's interesting and just figuring out what you what you need and what you want I feel like that's the big message I'm getting from everything you're saying is figure out what you need out of a partner and what you want and then you'll be able to find someone from there is that yeah right? <laughs> it really comes down to yeah how you desire to feel so it's like for some women that may feel good to be initiating and being the one mm. to ask, Hey, where is this going? And that could feel good. And then for some women, it feels really good to have a man be the one to move things forward. So yeah. it just really depends on, yeah, what, what you desire. And that's really what my work is and my message. I'm always trying to lead you back to you because I could tell you, here's the best, like it's best if a guy does this, but like, you'll never hear me say the words like always, never, this is the best thing. Like only focus on this because everyone has different preferences. And my, you know, my main objection is I want you to feel good. I want you to feel safe and secure. And so really paying to paying attention to these things in the beginning of dating is really key. Interesting. That's something I wouldn't normally have guessed because I feel like you're hearing everyone usually say like, wait until six months and see kind of how things are after six months, because that's who they really are. It's not so much like past it's once it's past the honeymoon phase. So it's interesting that you're saying, look at how they are in the beginning. So what, I guess what would be something you maybe see in the beginning that you would definitely steer clear from? Yeah. So there's not like one clear thing, yeah. I would say, focusing on their actions. So yeah, it's yeah. like anyone can say anything. Anyone can, you know, just talk your ear off and tell you the nicest things you've ever heard. And it's like, how do their actions match that? Um, for me, I, I really know that it comes down to like core values. So for me, integrity is a big thing. So if a guy would tell me like, oh, I'm going to call you at this time and then like wouldn't call and then the next day would say something lame. I'd be like, he's gone because yeah. integrity is really big to me. So um, just really focusing on like what your non-negotiables are and just really looking at how they show up because what you will allow in the beginning, that's, you know, what you're permitting essentially. Yeah. Setting There's standards. a saying, it's like what you permit, you promote. So if you give off the energy of like, oh, you don't need to plan anything in advance with me. Like I'll be available last minute. Like, oh, you're still talking to your ex-girlfriend. I mean, that's fine. Like, oh, you know, you said you were going to call, but you didn't, or you disappeared for two weeks and you came back. Like, that's okay. So what it's like, we're always teaching people how to treat us essentially. And yeah. so that's really what it comes down to. It's like, how do people get to treat you? Interesting. That's really interesting. Cause I think, yeah, the first little bit, sometimes we think, oh, I need to be on my best behavior, doing all this, acting like the cool girl. If he's still like, like you said, talking to his ex and all that, if you're, you just want to make things easy, make things fun. Like this is the time they're supposed to be easy and fun. So yeah, I think that if it's not, and like things are happening, like you're saying, that's, it's really interesting. New point of view. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest breakthrough my clients have is, you know, and it's, that's very similar because we think like, 
oh, we have to play it cool for him to want a relationship. And the breakthrough is actually for you to take a stand for yourself. And like, if someone asks you on a dating app, like what you're doing on there, like be truthful. If you want a relationship, like literally say like, yeah, actually I'm, you know, looking for something serious with someone with the right person at the right time. So I'm enjoying connecting with people on here. And that's good. If that weeds people out, that's good. If a guy's like, Oh, because wouldn't you want to know in advance? And it's, that's the breakthrough. And so it's like, I forgot what book it was that I was reading, but the author was saying, she's like, you know, I enjoy almost being high maintenance where it's like, no, if you want to date me, here's how it goes. And of course we would never say those words, but really comes down to being okay with weeding guys out and like being clear on what you want and not settling because it's really easy to get in a situation and years of your life go by with the wrong person, hoping things will change. It's, it really pays off to be honest up front. Yeah, I like that. And I think that the easier, the more you start telling people what you want and you start getting those positive responses more and more by saying, I want something serious. I want a relationship. The easier it's going to get. And I think that, yeah, like, like you said, it's going to start actually attracting the people you want. So I think that that's a really scary thing to do for a lot of girls, totally. but one that we need to get more used to, I think. And imagine if a guy were to tell you like, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. I think that we would be quite smitten by it. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. It's interesting to think about. It's like, sometimes we do the exact opposite of what we think we're supposed to do in these situations. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, okay. So I saw on your website, you said that this is something, when I read this on your website, I was like, this is me to a T and I need, we need to talk about it a little bit. So you said that you were, you convinced yourself you were living in the wrong city and all the good men are taken. Mm -hmm. So I'm personally there now. I'm always on the podcast saying how I need to meet a foreign man and how my boyfriend's going to live in London and the man I'm with is not here. Like I live in Canada, but I'm convinced. And even though us Canadians have the reputation to be like the nicest people in the world, I don't, I think that Canadian men are all like terrible, like not terrible, but they like, I, in my head, they've, my person is not here in my mind. And so I just want to know how do you think that listeners can get rid of those limiting beliefs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for opening up about that. Yeah, of and course. what I have to say is that you will be right every single time. So you believing that there's no good men here, it's like the universe is ready to agree with you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to live out whatever we believe. And it's really easy to get in that um, trap of like generalizing it. I believe when we generalize and say all men are like this, like any guy who, you know, is named this is bad yeah. or whatever. It's really easy to do that. And it's all a protection mechanism to like, there's anytime we have a, a belief that's limiting a belief that stops us, it's actually serving us in some way. So for you, and you don't have to answer this, but for you, I would really think about, you know, how are you actually benefiting from holding on to that belief that no one good, you know, no good men are in your city. Are you able to stay in your comfort zone and not put yourself out there? Are you, when you talk to someone, maybe you don't fully let them in because you believe that they're not going to be good anyway, or there's, 
he's not foreign, so it's not going to be anything. So that's the first thing I would really look at is like getting honest with yourself. This is for anyone, like how is hanging on to a belief really benefiting you? So when I look back for me, I lived in San Diego and that's when I was really single. And the best thing in the world happened because I got exactly what I wanted because I believed that whole time. Oh, there's no good guys here. They're all, they all just party. Like all the good ones are taken. I would see a a guy who I thought was really nice and he'd be with his girlfriend. I'd be like, she got there before me. Like I genuinely believe there was a shortage. And so with that, of course, because I believe that it's like the universe was agreeing with me. So no good guys were coming to me. I wasn't open and I got what I wanted. And one day I was still in my corporate job. The HR department came in randomly on a Wednesday and they were like, Hey, we're dissolving your job here in San Diego, but you can move to our Nashville office. And so at that, where I was at, I was like, perfect. I'm ready to have a boyfriend. And it's like, I got to move to a whole new city and I got to go on all these dates. And it was the same thing because my fears were, my fears followed me. And really what it was, was I was so scared of getting hurt. I was really scared of showing my full self and then having someone walk away because that's what had happened to me. And I was really fearful of actually getting what I wanted. I was scared of what would happen if I did get into a relationship and really having to be seen. So that's, that's what I would really look at is, you know, how is this actually benefiting me? And if I could, and asking the question, you know, if anything could be true for me, what would I choose to believe? And the ironic thing is that I ended up moving back to San Diego after 11 months of living in Nashville. And I met my boyfriend, Ryan in San Diego, the same place. I swore there are no good guys. He didn't even live in San Diego. It was his first time ever. He was there for just a weekend at a emotional intelligence conference. And we met in the hallway. So because I was in that place where I had worked on myself and I was so open, I genuinely believed I was like, it can happen anywhere at any time. So it's like it happened in the same place that I swore there were no, no good guys. I just wasn't open at that time. And also in the place where you decided you're going to go do all this work. So when you're at a place where you're going to do the self-work, you're meeting like your the love of your life or what you who you're with right now. I don't know if you guys are what you call it. But yeah, um, that's really that's really such a cute story. I love that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's going to happen for it happens in the way that you least expect it. I know that sounds cliche, but it just goes to show you can never miss what's for you. And I was not, I didn't even go into that weekend. Like I was taking a water break and then Ryan came up and approached me. It's like when you're open and when you truly are believe that it can happen anywhere, it will, and it will happen in a way you can't even predict. So don't try to control it. I used to force myself to go out on a Friday night because I was like, if I don't go out, my soulmate may walk into that bar and I'll miss him and another girl will get him. And it's like, you will never ever miss what's for you I love that so much so do you believe that we have like one true like soulmate or one partner do you believe that we have multiple partners and different people serve us for different reasons what are your kind of what's your stance on that yeah so I believe that there's many soulmates out there like I believe in soulmate everything like like my nail technician she's like my soulmate <laughs> nail technician there's <laughs> yeah there's people who you just feel like so like you're like maybe we've been together in another life in a different way like 
like, I'm not sure if you're into that, but I totally believe that we have so many soulmates or soulmate friendships. There's people yeah. who you meet and you're like, I just feel like I've known you before. And so I believe we can have many, many partners we're compatible with. I believe we can have many soulmates. Like, you know, I obviously don't like thinking of this, but if Ryan and I were to separate for some reason, you know, he's my soulmate. And I also know I'm like, you know, for some reason there's another person out there I'm supposed to meet. And I wouldn't be in the thought of, you know, this was my one shot and now I'm going to be alone forever. I totally believe that we have many soulmates. I even believe that people can be soulmates and not compatible. And that's something I go into in my courses is compatibility and just Yeah. So I don't believe in just that the one, I believe you can have many, many soulmates. I think that's like a nice thing for people to hear too. Cause I think that people do get caught up in like, Oh, what if, yeah. Like you said, what if I miss my one? Like, what if I miss my person? So yeah, I think it's nice for people to be reassured. There can be many people, many times. And I do agree with you in the way that, um, we have like soulmates as friends and all that. I do agree. I'm actually like quite, I'm quite a spiritual person, but I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up, but we're having a good chat. So I wanted to talk to you about it. So I've on the podcast said pretty publicly that I have found that manifestation does not work for me. I'm a pretty spiritual person. I believe that what happens in your life, like, like you said, that things happen and nothing will whatever's meant for you won't miss you that's something I do believe and that everything happens for a reason but I am interested to hear what you have to say about manifestation because it's not like I'm closed off to the idea that manifestation will work it's just that I'm of the belief that you need to have both believing in yourself and working really, really hard. And I find that there's a tendency for people to believe that if I just write this down, everything will just happen for me. So what do you, why do you think manifestation is so important? Like, what has it done for your life? I'm curious to know, cause I would really like to see that happen in my life and other people's too. You know, I think it's a great concept, just not one that I've seem to be true in my own life yet. So mm-hmm. I'm curious. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, let me ask you, do you believe that your thoughts create your reality? Yeah, I do. I do feel yeah. that way. Yeah. So we're always manifesting. It's basically, it's not something you do. It's like something that's always happening. So as long as you're thinking thoughts, you're manifesting because your every thought creates a feeling which creates an emotion and our emotions are what attract. So it's not, you're totally, I'm with you and what you say, where it's not enough to just like write it down because if you're writing down all these things, but your thoughts are, Oh my God, I'm not enough. I'm, you know, ugly. I'm this, I'm that, like, that's going to make you feel like crap and that's why it doesn't work. And so I'm, you know, affirmations and stuff like that. It, they, it doesn't work if you don't have that solid belief system, that foundation. And so a lot of that does come from a lot of inner work and, you know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, what you believe is what you will create. So if you believe that you do need to work very hard and that it's going to take this and this and that, you're going to be right. And so it all comes down. It, again, it comes back to what you want. So a really great question I asked, because I do this all the time where I've had these weird beliefs in my business where I'm like, no, I have to do it this way because people won't like it if I do it this way. And so sometimes I'll stop and I'll be like, if I could believe anything, what would that be? But you have to get yourself 
on board. And so, um, I mean, we're always man of my, my point of view is that we're always manifesting wanted and unwanted anything in our life is a result of manifestation. I mean, just even thinking like you manifested having a podcast because of your thoughts and your beliefs and the actions you took. And there's really so much to manifestation. Um, but I don't, I don't really focus. Like I don't say the words like, Oh, I'm manifesting. I just know the impact that your thoughts have because your thoughts are going to create, you know, your words and the actions you take and how you feel. And so that's why, you know, I'm a master practitioner of NLP, which stands for neuro-linguistic programming. And it's all about how the words that you're using really impact your life. But there's so much to it. I I rarely use the word like manifest actually. Interesting. Okay, cool. Because yeah. So I was actually going to ask you about the NLP. I didn't know if you're a practitioner or if a, a practitioner or if it's something that you were just studying. So could you tell us a little bit about that? I know you kind of just explained it's about the neural pathways and how your words kind of affect that. But what does like a a session for that kind of look like, I guess? Yeah. So I'll work with clients. It's really great to work with someone one-on-one around this and Um, A lot of what we do is just really get clear on how the words that a client is using are not just describing your reality, they're determining it. So there's a lot of tools that I have and I use in different modalities within NLP. I love hypnosis, um, timeline technique, things like that to just really support clients in rewiring their mindset and really you know, impacting the way that they speak and create their reality with their words. there's certain processes I take my clients through where we can actually go revisit the root event where a belief was formed, a traumatic event. We can actually like create a new experience around that. It's really cool. So it's something that I'm super passionate about and do with my one-on-one clients. Cool. Sounds like something I need in my life. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so cool. Well, this is, it's really interesting because you've kind of totally opened up to my mind a little bit about this whole manifestation thing, because I think it was maybe like you said, like the word that was throwing me off, just like I manifested when people would say like, just things like, Oh, I manifested, I don't know, getting on reality TV. And then it just happens. And then I would just, I would start like writing these things down. But now that you say that, there was always a part of me that said like, oh, okay, like I'm writing this down, but who knows if that'll ever really happen kind of thing, you know, like you try and do all the work, you say all of it, but unless you really find a way to believe all those things, it's probably not going to work. So everything else you said, I got on board with. So maybe I need to revisit this whole idea. (laughs) Yeah. It takes intention and deliberate action, you know, because it's not just like, oh, I'm going to write it down and forget about it because someone getting on reality TV, it's like they wrote that down and they probably set an intention of like, I'm going to get on reality TV. And then everything that they did was in alignment with that belief and intention. So I don't know the story, of course, but maybe they met the right people. Maybe they thought about it every day. Maybe they like had the mindset of like, I'm already on reality TV. And so based on their feelings, it was able to manifest. And Mm -hmm. also the, the only things that are going to manifest for you are if it's for your highest good and even like bad stuff. Like even if you manifest being broke, it's like you still manifested that even if you didn't write down, like I'm going to be broke, but it's like your thoughts and your feelings created that. And it's because you're meant to learn a valuable lesson or it's because you're meant to learn new ways to make money. So yeah, there's 
so much to say on manifestation. Yeah, crazy. I'm I'm loving this. If you guys want to learn more about it, they should. You talk about it quite a bit on your podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll put all we'll talk about your podcast and put all of the links in the bottom, but um one more question before I like get into one last like quick little segment I do with all the guests. Um do you have any like p- last pieces of advice on how to find your dream partner? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't believe that you need to find what's meant for you. I also believe that you get to put energy toward it. So it's funny because so many women, they will say like, Oh, you know, I really want to meet my dream partner, but then they don't put any energy toward it. And sometimes people think like, Oh, to meet my dream partner, I need to just get out on a million dates, but that's not it at all. It's really comes down to working on yourself, receiving support, you know, whether it's a coach or a course, something that opens you up to really prepare you. I believe that there is a preparation period of really preparing yourself. So letting go of things that have held you back, really, you know, getting your mindset to a place where you're ready to attract a healthy partnership. So if you are at a place where you do want to attract your dream partner, that's amazing. And I would be in the trust that you attract it, meaning it's not about what you do. It's about who you're being. So the biggest focus is who are you being? Amazing. I love that. Being in alignment with yourself. (laughs) Yes. Love that. Exactly. Okay. Amazing. Great. Listen up, ladies. (laughs) Um, so the last segment, I, it's something I do with all my guests that I have on. It's basically just like to get to know you a little bit better and just hear about some of your personal experiences. So I have four topics. It ends up like the first letters end up creating the word mess, but it doesn't really matter to you. Um, I'll, but I'll just give you the topics and then you can just give me the first thought a story any thoughts advice to do with the kind of topic I give cool all good yeah okay so the first one is your messiest moment Mm. I mean yeah it was probably just really accepting less than what I deserved and being in a relationship where I was like begging for him to stay like that instantly came up for me it's like really cringing yeah no that's fair and I think it's somewhere that we've literally all been (laughs) at some point well if you've been I know I know I have a couple times at least more than a couple so um okay then your next excellent your most excellent moment Ooh. um I would say just like when I created my business and like got my first client, I was like, just it's so crazy because I was like, wow, people are actually willing to like pay me for this. And this was in 2018, but I remember just like running around my apartment. Like I literally couldn't believe what just happened. I was like, oh my gosh. So that was cool. (laughs) That is really cool, honestly. And people don't realize with like smaller businesses and startups, like how much work really goes into all of it before you even see any profit or see any kind of um, what people would call quote unquote success. But those little, those little successes, those first successes are honestly some of the ones that end up being the most exciting and joyful. So I love that you celebrated that and looked at it that way. Cause I think it'd be easy to be like, Oh, here's one, but one's not enough, you know? So I really love that. Um, Okay. A sexy moment. So how do, how do we feel sexy? How do any advice, any stories, anything like that? I love just moving my body and just 
Um, that's how I get myself. Like sometimes when journaling isn't working, I love just putting on music and moving my body, shaking my hips. And I always just feel really powerful, really activated in those moments. That's definitely when I feel the most sexy. I love that so much. Cause honestly, I'm the exact same way. I pretend like I don't dance naked in front of the mirror all the time, but every morning when I get ready, that's how I start my day. Yes, the best. So yeah, I, I'm a big advocate for dancing and just letting loose. It feels so many people, people feel stupid dancing, but I think it's, it's like one of the best ways for humans to let loose. Um, Okay. And then maybe a, just like a stupid moment. Like where did you make like a mistake in your life or anything like that? Um, I mean, definitely like what comes up for me is just in college, like drinking and like not paying attention to how much I was drinking and just like when I look back I'm like how did I function as a human just drinking like that like blacking out when I was in college like that's when I look back I'm like you know I'm not in self beat up over it but I'm like whoa like (laughs) are you sober now if you don't mind me asking well I'm not like in college anymore so I don't no no no. sorry are you I said are you sober now like not drinking alcohol. Don't drink it at all. Yeah. So I, for spiritual reasons, made a choice about two, a little over two years ago, I experimented because I realized I was like, I feel really anxious the days after I drink alcohol. And so, you know, like, obviously like after college, I didn't drink as heavy, but I noticed, I was like, why do I feel like I always have to have wine at dinner? Or why do I feel like it's not going to be as fun? I'm not drinking. And then I noticed I would feel anxious for like three days after, um, like even just a glass of wine. And so I experimented, it was right when I started my business, I was like, what would happen if I for 30 days just didn't drink. And then I just start, it got easier and easier. So, I mean, I'll have like wine occasionally, but it just doesn't make me feel good. Like in the moment I do, but for the next like two or three days, I'm kind of like off and just, Yeah, it just, it's better for me not to. Yeah, no, I, it's something I'm actually running into in my life now. So it's interesting for me to hear about, but yeah, cool. It's definitely better for you. So <laughs> might as well. Um, awesome. Well, we're running out of time. So I want to make sure that we get all of your socials out and all that. But at first I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I've honestly learned so much from you today already. And I think my audience will learn a lot from you too. I think that you've challenged a lot of the things I've said on the podcast before. So I think it's been really nice to have a different perspective <laughs> and hear my thoughts challenge. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you want to give your social media your give out your podcast information? Yeah. So yeah. 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 So, um, I hang out on Instagram at the mindful babe and, um, as a gift, I want to share with your audience. I actually have a masterclass that is completely free and it's, um, all around the five mindset secrets to attract your dream partner. So if anything that I've said today has resonated, I would definitely recommend checking out, the masterclass, it's about 60 minutes and you'll see different times that you can sign up um, for it. There's also a, a workbook and it's really going to support you with just getting into the mindset to attract your dream partner if that's you know what 
what, what you're looking for right now in your life. So, um, that's going to be in the show notes. I'm really excited to share that with yeah, you. Thank you so yeah. much. I, I have to look through it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So I'll send you the link and then, um, I have a podcast called the mindful babes podcast where I talk a lot about mindset and dating manifestation attraction, all that. So if anything, I've said has resonated. Definitely check out my podcast. I put a new episode out every week on Thursday, which I think you uh, yes, new day. Yeah, yeah. It's magical. It's just like a good day. It's like people can listen that exactly. day, Friday. Yeah. And I always find it on the weekend, on the weekends, by the time Monday hits, I'm like, I literally have no more new podcasts to listen to because they all come out at the beginning. <laughs> so Thursday's the best day. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So that's really where I hang out. Instagram, the masterclass, and then podcast awesome yeah so if when you send that to me I'll make sure to put it in the show notes for everyone the link to the master class I'll post it on Instagram as well so everyone has access to that um yeah amazing thank you so much again for coming on and thank you so much to everyone listening to the podcast today and make sure you go give Valerie all the love on social media thank you so much for having me this has been so fun Awesome. All right. Have a good day. (laughs)